Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeBone, and this is a happy, hippie place for talking all things magic, witches and fiction, and creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 430 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to today's special guest, author Nikki Vandekar. And we're going to be talking about her really, really gorgeous, beautiful book, Wellness Witch. And I have to say, I need to interview some men. We've gotten really girly around here lately, and I know quite a few men are listening. (laughs) And next week, I'm having on, I'm very excited about this, a woman who... She's a film critic, but she really specializes in women in film. So women directors and writers and cinematographers. I'm thrilled to have her on the show, but also I've been thinking for a while, we need some in. I have one man in mind that I need to reach out to, but I'm more than happy to receive your recommendations of man witches. Male authors of fantasy, particularly if it features witches or someone that you just think would be really interesting to have on the show. I love to talk about personal development and new agey kind of magic and also just magical systems that I'm not familiar with. I think it's interesting to bring voices on the show that are in contrast to mine or have something interesting to offer the conversation here. So let me know if you have anybody in mind. And I wasn't actually planning to announce this till the end of the year. And so I guess don't consider this an official announcement, but it's pretty official. I've made my mind up. I'm going to be taking the show seasonally starting in 2020. So the way I think I'm going to do it is on six weeks, off six weeks, on six weeks, off six weeks, approximately, because I'm going to be following the wheel of the year. And I think what I'll do is move from, it'll, a new season will kick off here at Imolk, for example, and then I will do the entire season through the transition period between seasons. And then when I'm taking a break from the podcast, I can pour my heart and soul into the new career that I am launching as a professional novelist. I'm very excited about that. And I want to continue to pour my heart and soul into Hippie Witch. So I'm thinking, how can I do both? And I think seasonally is the way to do that. Although the content over on Patreon will always be there. I I post every weekend, pretty much. I post at least four times a month on Patreon, and I'm going to stay consistent with that, but taking a break from the public podcast will help me create the kick-ass life of my dreams. And I also need to thank the lovely people supporting the podcast over on Patreon. Thank you to anyone who has ever supported the show over there, and I want to give a special thank you to new patrons, Dominique Martin, Joe Stewart, and Sandra MC. I hope you guys are loving the Vlogmas content. I'm doing 12 days of Vlogmas over on Patreon, and this is the first time I've done a Patreon exclusive for Vlogmas, and it's shorter than usual. I'm doing the 12 days of Vlogmas, and I have to say... There has to be a year between Vlogmases because I think we need that time to forget how hard it is to post a video every single day. It ain't easy, folks. (laughs) It's very challenging, especially if you are a busy witch, and I am. 
I also want to give a Twitter shout out to an account I just love in general. It's called The Library Haunter. And it's a really popular account over on Twitter. I'm not special for shouting this out. It, it gets a lot of attention on Twitter. It's very witty, but at times it can be really thoughtful. And this tweet from this morning that I retweeted, I wanted to read to you because it really perfectly summarizes how I feel about life and the holidays now in general, the way I just feel about being the nerd that I am and letting my freak flag fly high for the fandoms that I'm into and just not at all being interested in being cool any longer. So this is what the library haunter said this morning. Let's end this idea that serious things are all cynical and gritty. I'm done trying to be edgy. I'm done with nihilism. I want to enjoy things passionately. I want to love unashamedly. I want whimsy. I want laughter. I want to do things that make my heart swell with joy. I could not agree any more with that, library hunter. That is exactly how I feel about life and the holidays. And I like to celebrate Yule and Christmas. So if any witchy people are sitting here going, why is she talking about Christmas this month? That's why, because I celebrate Christmas. I grew up on Christmas. I love Christmas and I love Yule. So that gives me two excuses to celebrate. And this is going up on Krampus. So happy Krampus for you Saturn lovers out there and you Krampus lovers out there and you Capricorns, just anybody who enjoys Krampus. <laughs> I also, in the spirit of being the nerd that I am and just loving the things that you love so completely, I have to recommend high, high, highly that if you have Amazon Prime, that you take the time to watch Casey Musgraves' Christmas special. It's so cute. It reminds me of the old Christmas specials from back in the day with like Dolly Parton or Cher. She, I'm pretty sure this was intentional, looks like Cher in one of the costumes that she wears on this special. She has a lot of really fun guests that she does duets with. My personal favorite was Zoe Deschanel because I love that low alto voice just in general, but in contrast to Casey's very sweet voice, it's, it's so, it's so good. And the outfits, speaking of being really girly, the outfits are so good. And then if you're on Amazon Prime, yes, you can stream that as, you know, included in what you pay for every month, but then also they have... Almost all of Casey Musgraves' Christmas music on stream. This is what, this has been the soundtrack of December so far for me. It started on November 29th. I was counting down to November 29th, waiting for the special to happen, and it happened, and I love it. The only song that's not on the Christmas playlist, I just bought it because it's my favorite, favorite, favorite song ever, ever, ever right now, and that is glittery it's her new song she sings it on the christmas special and it's just totally worth a dollar 29 i freaking love it so much it is the song of my heart i love it it's so sweet glittery if you haven't heard it you should listen to it and then i'm gonna actually get into this interview soon 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 but because this book, Wellness Witch, that we're going to be talking about has a lot to do with self-care. I thought I would just quickly mention my three favorite self-care tips. Only one of them, I, I guess, you could deem magical, but I happen to think all self-care is magical because it requires like taking a step outside the normal hustle and bustle to do something great for yourself, for your soul, for your body. And it just feels so good to step out of the stream of chaos and take a pause for yourself. So one way I do that, you probably know already because I talk about it all the time, I take a bath. And I do not take normal baths. I take rock star 
party baths, book nerd party baths. I either drag a book in there or more often than not, I will set my laptop on the hamper and I will give myself an hour. So I will watch one Netflix show or one Amazon Prime show. If it's a 30-minute show, I get to watch two episodes. And I sit there with candles lit, eating snacks and drinking tea. The snacks and the tea are non-negotiable. There will always be snacks in the bathtub, often dark chocolate. And I just make a whole thing of it. I shut the door and it's my hour to myself and I love it so much. The second thing is long, delicious social media and email inbox breaks. <laughs> I take more email inbox breaks than social media breaks because I'm a bit of a Twitter addict. I'm on Twitter almost every single day, at least once a day. Sometimes I will take a few days off, but I'm there most days. I'll pop in I'll at least pop in to see maybe what my favorite accounts are posting, and I really love it. But like right now, I am on a break from Instagram. I just did a daily post every day for 273 days on Instagram, which was an awesome challenge. I love a challenge like that. I don't know why I enjoy that. I like the structure of it. I like the I have to show up because I said I wouldness of it. I just really enjoy that. But I'm also loving taking a break. <laughs> Once I finished NaNoWriteMo, I was like, and I'm done with Instagram as well. I'll be back. I'll be back. I, I want to wrap up the end of the year with some favorite photos and things like that. But it feels good to take a break. And then my inbox is just nutty, kooky, crazy, busy lots and lots and lots and lots of the time. And so I just won't open it because if you don't see what's in there, it cannot worm its way into your brain and stress you out. And so I just don't look. <laughs> I just don't look. And I batch comments on social media and things like that. If people have posted comments on Patreon, I will not open that until I have a minute to sit there for a while and, you know, actually read the comments and have a thoughtful response. So long social media and email breaks, the longer, the better. I know it depends on what kind of business you're in, what kind of life you have, but I highly recommend it as an act of self-care. You also might find if you are on the computer and your phone all the time that you don't know what to do with yourself. Like if you just took 24 hours of being completely unplugged, if that's hard for you, I would examine that. That might be an interesting thing to work on going into the new year because that would mean that you have some sort of addiction going on and it's great to uncover like some something like that so you can actually address it. Number three, this is, I guess, of the three, the most magical. I, if you've read my ebook, Hippie Witch, I talk about something called sexy talk. It's basically just, self-talk and it's really like an ongoing conversation with myself instead of affirmations it's just talking to myself talking to myself and one of the ways I do this that I consider self-care is I'll do it at night when I'm falling asleep in bed I will talk to the cells of my body, kind of like I am the president of this country called Joanna DeVoe's body, <laughs> or I am the god of this universe called Joanna DeVoe's body, or the CEO of this corporation, and every little cell is an employee of this corporation, or is a citizen of this nation, however you want to look at it. I look at it in different ways, depending on the night when I'm doing this. And I will talk to those cells of my body. And sometimes I'll do a little like incantation at the beginning. You know, I ask all high guides from the white light and love from the fifth dimension and above to join me now in blessing every cell of this body. May every cell come into balance with love and one unified intention to live a healthy, happy life. So I'll do it that way sometimes. And then other times I'm like, all right, people, get it together. We all need to get on board with this mission. <laughs> sometimes I just send them love. I love you. 
thank you so much for providing this vessel that is my body, that I live my life through. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Let's stick around a while longer, shall we? (laughs) That's how I do it. Those are my three tips for self-care, particularly for the holidays. I think that's something we all talk a lot about because in addition to our normal busy lives, the holidays add that extra hustle and bustle that's supposed to be very joyous, but some people experience it as stress. So this is a good time to check in with yourself that way. And then I want to tell you too, before I cut to the interview with Nikki, that this is a very girly book. It's so pretty. It's lavender And the cover is illustrated. The subtitle is Healing Potions, Soothing Spells, and Empowering Rituals for Magical Self-Care. And I wanted to say, kind of tell you what it looks like because I mentioned in the interview how pretty it is. I recommend you go just look it up if this interview interests you so you can see what it looks like. But the inside of the cover is like a dark plum with a gray printing of botanical herbal kind of something rather with a woman sitting in meditation and there is a lot of yoga in this book and the whole thing is gorgeously illustrated and it's really filled with self-care spells. So I wanted to mention that to you and say even though I'm emphasizing here during the interview that it's very pretty and it's light. It's something that a beginner witch could be into. I really am not trying to be flippant or dismissive at all of this book. I think it's just one of those books that make an amazing first book, your first book on witchcraft. But I also think anybody who is witchy and girly or who wants to start focusing more on self-care, or who has a wife or a best friend or a sister who is witch-curious, this is such an amazing gift. It's great for any one of those people, including yourself. So, without carrying on any further, here she is, author Nikki Vandekar. Hi, Nikki! Welcome to Hippie Witch! Hello! It's nice to meet you. I think I am holding in my hands right now the very, very best Yule or Christmas present for any witchy woman who gravitates toward beautiful feminine illustrations and crafty witch projects. Your book, Wellness Witch, is so pretty. It's so pretty. I know. I I can't take credit for any of that, but it's super pretty. I just sort of look at it and I'm like, oh, look. It's based on your writing, Anissa McCool. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I, I think McCool. Her work is just astonishing. And I, I love how, you know, like the illustrations are super body positive too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's an illustration of a woman and she's got big hips. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> like women do. Yeah. Well, the, the, su- the subtitle here is Healing Potions, Soothing Spells, and Empowering Rituals for Magical Self-Care. And I think it's kind of a, speaking of the big hips, I think it's kind of like the art of self-love, the craft, yes. getting crafty with it. So it would make mm-hmm. sense that there would be imagery like that. Well, you know, that was that was kind of what drew me to this. You know, everybody talks about like, practicing self-care and, you know, doing self, you know, self-love and the importance of that, which of course it is like, we should love ourselves. Our most important relationship is with ourselves. We should love ourselves just as much as we love like our sisters or our best friends, or, you know, possibly more because we spend more time with ourselves than anybody else. But actually doing that is kind of complicated. You know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that I don't, I don't know how you you you'd like sit down and do it. So when idea came to write this book, it was sort of like, okay, well, what are some things that I like to do <laughs> and just that give me pleasure? And then, you know, how do I turn them? How do I, you know, work with that to make it about self-care? I think the idea of self-love can be very abstract. Yes. And then when you give, when you take it to a crafty place, And it becomes about like physical self-care or even energetic, but you really come at it from 
a physical standpoint. A lot of times, a lot of what you're sharing is hands-on ritual and crafting. And I think, oh, okay, people can understand that. It's taking time to really care for yourself like you would a special guest. Yeah, exactly. And just sort of holding yourself in that way. And yeah, it's very crafty. I come from a a crafting background. It's what I'm into. And just the, the action of making something to me when there wasn't a bomb and now there's a bomb, that's like magic. (laughs) Yeah. I created a thing. I mean, that is magic creation. Exactly. And you're, you're just, I would say crafty is like your defining characteristic because you have, <laughs> you have one foot in the knitting. The knitting world, yeah. The yarn, the yarn world and then yep. crochet, things like that. There's a word for it, isn't it? I mostly just work with wool. That's what I, the way I think about you're it. You're a wool yeah. worker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have one foot in that world, one foot in the witchy world, and you've written quite a few books in a short period of time. I went to your Amazon page because I think you have eight books that you've yeah. written <laughs> since 2017. So that's averaging like two books a year and then some a little bit. And there's like yeah. thrown in there. It's been a little wild for sure. You know, they're, they're, first of all, they're not that long. So that helps. I started off writing knitting books when my daughter was born because I, that was how I got through. I had a difficult pregnancy and so I was on bed rest and I was bored out of my mind. So I, I knit a lot. <laughs> and, um, and so that's how I got into knitting from there. And then my knitting editor actually for Practical Magic, my first non-craft book, she was like, hey, do you, we want to do a book on this topic. Do you happen to know anybody? And I was like, I know me. <laughs> Why can't I do it? So that was really fun. Oh, I love that you said that, that you spoke up for yourself. And it's funny, you said my first non-craft book, because if you say yeah. a craft book on this podcast, everybody's going witchcraft, right? Yes. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. all very... It's all not very, the craft. Not the craft. It's all very related, particularly when you're talking about... Nikki Vandekar, it's super duper related. And I, the titles of your book are so charming. The, the knitting ones, there's what to knit when you're expecting. <laughs> I was sure I was going to get into copyright issues with that one, but it was fine. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. You have serenity with knit in the middle and then fung crochet, which I, I need to ask you about because I think that's so cool. From what I can see, you've grouped the projects in the feng crochet book, feng shui style with the five elements of feng shui. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was fun. So I'm not nearly as proficient in crochet. So those are, those projects are super simple and try to work with the metal elements with wool (laughs) was a challenge. It, It was really interesting. I am by no means an expert on feng shui, but I I like it a lot. I like sort of, you know, it's functionally is one of those things where you figure out once you learn about it, you're like, oh, I've been doing that. I just wasn't doing it intentionally. And working on it, we, we, I wanted to do a crochet for the home and that seemed like a fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you end up working metal into it? I did. You can actually crochet with metal. So I did that uh, with like really thin like filament wire. Other than that, I mostly just kind of worked with, you know, your grays and, and that kind of thing to sort of... Oh, I was thinking beads. You, yeah, you can bead too, for sure. Um, and then you have the... Okay, so let's get into this. So how do you crochet yeah. with wood and how do you crochet with fire <laughs> and water? I just, I'm very curious about this. I think it's such a fun concept. Well, I did use cotton for some for wood and you know I crocheted like a leaf scrubby or book you know shaped bookmark and that kind of thing so it's not like literally bringing wood but so little of feng shui actually is right like so you're bringing water into your house with a mirror and and that kind of thing so it's it's more about intention than actually as is all of magic than actually you know, literally having to do the thing. I don't want to have too much fire in my house, literally. So, you know, it was more just about working with the colors and then, you know, with the shapes. It's a symbolic language for sure. Exactly. So then most of those projects, were they about your home? Uh, You know, the 
That's true in a way where I made things where I was like, well, I'd like that just because that's, that's the only perspective I really have. And so I was like, I want to, I would look like a meditation cushion. So I made a meditation cushion. And so, you know, the, the patterns that I offer in that book are sort of things that I thought people would want because, but my only framework is what I would want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like I think it. that's a great place to come from as a creator, create what you love and Hopefully there will be others that feel the same way. I think that's a great way to form your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's how you just find your tribe. Yeah. I want to get back to talking about, uh, which stuff, but I'm so curious about these other books because (laughs) there's one you have called the no kill garden and it cracked me up. That's hilarious. So funny. So I co-wrote that one with, cause I, I do not work with paper. Like I was trying to follow her instructions and um, yeah, No Kill Garden was written with uh, Angela Rio. She did all the paper stuff. I can't handle paper projects. And then I did the wool stuff. And the idea was for people who either are terrible at gardening like myself or are unable to, right? Because you live in a city or something, but you still want to have the experience as much as you can of, you know, having a garden. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty cute idea. So you're basically creating plants that aren't plants. That are they're not cra- plants. They're craft yeah. projects to surround <laughs> yourself with the feeling of plants. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. So you started in the crafting community. Is that right? Mm-hmm. There are these, there's an online knitting, knitting and crochet and just general fiber community of, um, called Ravelry. And so I, you know, hung out there a lot. And but so, so the, the witchy part of it was just something I was kind of doing on my own. I was not part of a community at all. That's, that's was my question. Like what did, and, and you said the term that I was trying to think of the fiber community. Yes. I knew, I knew that was a thing. I just couldn't grab the word, but so what did they all think when you started doing magical books? Was that an issue? It hasn't been an issue. I don't think they care that much. I mean, I think there's some crossover where some of them have been like, oh, I am also interested in that. But for the most part, they're two really different audiences. Mm. And they don't, nobody seems to mind the others. So it doesn't matter if you're writing, let's call them fiber community books yeah. <laughs> under, <laughs> under the same name as, as these witchy books. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to have had an issue. You know, I think I mean, I wonder if you run into this, like there's a concern or, um, you know, my, my mom had a concern. She's like, well, aren't you going to lose some of your audience if, you know, now they think you're a witch and, (laughs) you know, you run into some, some suspicion and concern about that. And I was like, I'm not actually all that worried about that because if you look at what I'm doing, it's not burn at the stake kind of stuff. And you know, frankly, anybody who's that intolerant, it's okay if I lose them as an audience. Yeah. They're not your people. No. So your mom, what do like you bring up your mom and I'm always curious about people's path as like, how did you get onto the path of calling yourself a witch? Did you grow up in a religious family? Did your parents think you were nuts? (laughs) What was that journey like? (laughs) My parents always think I'm nuts, but I think it's fine. (laughs) I did not grow up in a religious household. It was just always sort of a, a nebulous thing. And it took me a while to find what I considered my spirituality. You know, it's, it's funny because I was always kind of just growing up, just kind of magic curious but that, that was really like all it was. And then when I got older, started sort of investigating things that interested me on my own, I, I discovered, you know, kind of like what I was talking about with feng shui, where you realize you've been doing this stuff all along. I discovered I was practicing and had been doing so for years. So, you know, it was more like, oh, this is what I want. And i I'm still working on it, honestly, like what, you know, I feel like everybody's practice grows where learning like what is meaningful to me, what is something I want to share with my daughter. And my family's been really supportive of it. My dad is, um, he's an atheist and and just a, a, a generally speaking, like skeptic of all things. Yeah. And my mom is, 
much more open to like, so they're actually in Bhutan right now. She grew up Catholic and they're in Bhutan right now because she's really interested in, in um, Buddhism and the various teachings there. And so I started having my parents over for pagan holidays, (laughs) 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 which was really entertaining at first. It was like, all right, dad, just go with it. And so he's out there with a candle on the solstice and everything. And like, you know, I give him a lot of credit and it's interesting how my mom has, has kind of paid attention to, you know, what we're celebrating and sort of explored it and embraced it in a way that I like, this is definitely not her spirituality, but she's, she's accepting of it and engaged with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if she grew up Catholic and now she's exploring Buddhism, you all probably have more in common than it might seem on the surface. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So much crossover there. I I feel like Catholicism is the most pagan form of Christianity. <laughs> and I completely then, agree. And <laughs> That's the, princi- hilarious. the principles of Buddhism are pretty in alignment with what modern witches are working yep. with. It's not as crafty. That's for sure. I feel like it's, it's more... It's more internal. It's, it's more about, you know, just stillness. And, and that's important. But yeah, I like to be doing stuff. You know what's interesting about you is you access the internal through the external. Because even in your book, like I'm going through and there's these, they're very crafty <laughs> rituals and things. You're like, okay, so that's the interior section. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> that's very witchy too, I think, because we're working with what is and we're, I mean, even if you're doing internal work and you're working with the phases of the moon, that is an external mm-hmm. inspiration or touch point or metaphor for the kind of work that you're doing. So I think it's very witchy that you work that way. It's, yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought of, I mean, that's not something I've really thought that much about. I'm just wondering now, like, how am I just really against introspection? Um, but that, that is just how I access, I think, is, and, and as we were saying before, the way that you get to things is by what feels right for you. Absolutely. And I would say crochet and knitting, those are forms of meditation. So mm-hmm. if you have a long history with that, you've probably just trained yourself to access your interior life through the physical. Totally. Totally. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons I love witchcraft. I like the word mm-hmm. craft in there because yeah, I'm an airy air sign. I'm very much up in my head. I don't think you need crystals. I don't think you need herbs. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need those. You don't need any of that. No. But it enhances it and it adds a sensuality. And, yes. and it also, I think, gets you in touch with as Mary Oliver said, the soft animal of your body in a way that's very sacred. Mm-hmm. I think it's just all of it is a tool, right? Like the, the strongest form of connection we have is just bare feet on the earth, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not, sometimes we just need a way in, you know? And the, the way that I access my power, my way of creating. And I mean that like, not just in a crafty way, but in a, you know, like here's the experience and here's the world that I'm creating. I do it through these, now it's like kind of lowercase creating, crafting projects. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And there's a really great introduction to correspondences in the book but in a very practical way. So you're telling us, you know, you're teaching us about essential oils and how to use them for aromatherapy, but within the context of doing a project, right? Like making your own incense blend or I think it's for people. What is that magazine? It's like Willow and Sage or something. There's a magazine right now that is at craft stores that I think, oh my God, everybody who reads this magazine is going to love this book because... (laughs) I don't know this magazine. I got to check this out. Mm, Well, your book to me is very... It's like a recipe book for magic, for practical Mm -hmm. magic, which I know is the name of another book you wrote. But this is (laughs) a great starting point. Exactly. 
Yeah, I mean, the audience, I would say, for my books are probably, you know, not necessarily people who've been practicing for a really, really long time. Although this one might be just because, you know, if you haven't been doing, if you haven't been approaching witchcraft from a crafting perspective, uh, this could be good. But, like, Practical Magic was more sort of a, for people who are sort of, not sure want to understand this magic thing and I was like here are some things to know and here here are some ways to look at it like it was not it's not like really in depth it's just sort of a here if you want to come into this community this is what it's actually like yeah an introduction I think the wellness switch would be good for witches who've been witching for a long time that haven't really done it from the perspective of self-care that want some rituals and recipes and crafts that are focused on self-love from a physical sense, like really caring for your body and caring for your environment and tapping into the sensual nature of this life. That's what a lot of my craft works around, just the, the relation between us and the, you know, the rest of the physical world, the earth, the planet, like it's, that's, I don't, I don't go into like conservation in these books, although that's definitely a part of it, but just the, the connection with the physical world mm-hmm. as well as the spiritual world. What does your daughter think? Is she old enough to include in any of this? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> she practically co-wrote this book. She had so much fun with it. Actually, I have another book coming out next year that's for, she's nine, uh, for kids her age. It's going to be called Junior Witch. And it's got, it's kind of like this for girls starting their own um, practice. Well, girls are boys, but usually let's face it, it's girls. Oh my goodness. Is that available for pre-order yet? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's super cute. Junior witch. You hear that, people? Junior <laughs> witch. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Yeah. So she's, oh, she's so into this. She's got, we just finished building her a treehouse, which looks like Huck Finn built it because we're not very good at this. But um, she's got a whole potions lab set up there. She casts spells all the time. She's just really, really into it. Wow. I mean, what is her generation of witches going to be like, I wonder? Right? Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're getting them a little bit earlier than Silver Ravenwolf did back in the day. (laughs) Because I think her books were more focused on teenagers. But if your daughter's nine, and it just speaks to to the whimsy that I think we start to lose around that age. Yes. Exactly. It gives gives you a way to hold on to the spirit of magic that all kids have at a critical point in your life where it's like the temptation to check that out the window for. Oh, yeah. I mean, as they're entering the tween years, forget it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's like right before when you're ready to be like, I all I care about is boys and my hair and designers and, and not getting <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you maybe you can bypass that by getting yeah. her, you know, like super in touch with this part of herself that i I feel as an adult woman, I'm constantly getting back to the magic of my childhood and the nerdiness, both. Yes. I yes. feel like I'm I'm nerding in reverse. There's something very childlike about it. I so agree. And it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes because I haven't done it in a while. And I, you know, stepping back into that and then just being like, this feels so good. You know, howling at the moon one night and, and, you know, just running for no reason and, you know, not to exercise, but just for the joy of running. And all of that is, is so great. Yeah. Yeah. And touch, I mean, to me, like to getting in touch with your inner child, I think that can be such an abstract concept again, kind of like we were saying about self-love, but I think, I mean, take the word witch out of it. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people, you could have your grandma and your great aunt and your super Christian neighbor. And if you're teaching them how to make their own bath salts with essential oils and you're all in a room together, like laughing and putting your hands on the ingredients, it's just undeniable. Well, I mean, I feel like that's that that generational everybody working together on the same project is so important and so rare. Mm-hmm. And I that's something I really want to 
cultivate because for me, that's what a covet is. <laughs> um, even if I wouldn't use that word probably with my extended family, <laughs> but that kind of everyone putting their different energy into one group creation. I mean, it's pretty bold that you started having your parents over for Wheel of the <laughs> Year holidays, like yeah. bots. You're like, okay, dad, hold this candle and hold the moon. Yeah, <laughs> I give him a lot of credit. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. What made you do that? Why did you first get the idea to be like, oh. I think I'm going to par- invite my parents over for Imolk this year? Well, we were, okay, I can tell you what happened. My Parents were, I don't know, they were doing something. We had just moved here. Um, we moved from the mainland to Hawaii to be closer to them and um, give Miley and my daughter just a different kind of lifestyle growing up. And um, it wasn't that long after we'd moved and we were having a maiden celebration. And my parents called and they were like, hey, you want to come for dinner? And I was like, um, no, we have plans. We're celebrating maiden tonight and you're welcome to join you just, you can come and I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And you're just not allowed to make fun of it. And they were like, okay. And so we, we've had them over for a couple different ones. And then actually the one that I do, I don't necessarily celebrate every holiday, you know, sometimes schedules or, you know, who knows, but they're the one that I do every year. And that I, there's a lot of intention is Yule. That feels really important to me. And so for that one, we have a bunch of different rituals that we've created over the past few years, and it's great. I love it. Yeah, and who doesn't love to extend the holiday season? It, you know yes. what I mean? Like, it's like, exactly. oh, another excuse to celebrate. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. It feels really good. My family is extremely Christian. My, my parents are missionaries, so there's really not the opportunity for that. But I have found through my son, who's obsessed with the phases of the moon, and I celebrate the wheel of the year, I can talk to them in terms of like, happy equinox, it's equal day and equal night. Yes. And so we can enjoy that, you know, just like a little conversation about it. And mm-hmm. they, they always ask him like, what phase of the moon is it? And things like that. So we skirt around it okay. <laughs> in a non-witchy way, but at the same time, it's like bringing them into the conversation in a very practical way. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's whatever common ground you can find. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think you're doing it in a really smart way, actually, because you're going, Hey, we're doing it from this perspective. And it has this other like layer of meaning for me, but we don't have to talk about that. (laughs) I mean, everybody can say like, Oh, it's the longest night of the year. Right. We can all look out our window and see that the nights are getting longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said something on I think it was your website that really interested me too. You said divination tells us what we already know. And I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that out loud on the podcast because it's so true. That's what I think. I mean, I, I, I rely pretty heavily on my tarot cards when I'm struggling with something, when I'm trying to make a decision, when I just have a lot of anxiety around a situation. And every time I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's what the reading always tells me. And I just, I really think that's true. And, and we talk about divination as like seeing the future. And I, I think this is where my inner skeptic comes in or maybe the limits of my powers. I don't know, but I don't, I don't feel like I have that ability. What I do have is the ability to read a situation to see how it might play out. And for me, that's divination. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you the power of choice. You can take a look at your life and and you can say, what am I creating in the future with my present moment? Like with my present, whatever mindset situation, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And it's always under your control. Right. And if you don't like what the likely outcome is going to be, you can make a new choice and that, and that's very empowering. Yeah. And I think, you know, this whole idea of divination tells you what you already know. We know things at a very deep intuitive level, but fear is loud and it has a whole choir of 
disguises, like different voices that it uses. And they're so convincing. And <laughs> I, I, a question I get a lot from people is how do you discern the voice of fear from the voice of your intuition? And I feel like divination can help you do that and just get yes. really clear on what you already know at the gut level, but you're, you've kind of freaked yourself out with all the different voices running rampant in your head. And I think that's what all the different tools, you know, because there are a lot of different tools people can use for divination, um, tarot, runes, uh, you know, there, there are certain herbs that can help with it. Just, again, it's whatever is your way in that works for you. But you're right. It's to hear under the fear. It's to hear the quieter, truer voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that there's a, a tea reading section in your book. That was very yeah. cool. And there's like a little... Uh, it's not exactly a chart, but you're, you give examples of like what might show up in your tea reading and what that might mean. And that, that stuff is just fun. I feel like this is a good gateway book. Exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. And that's why I said it would make such a great Yule present for somebody who's like witch curious or just new agey. I feel like it, it really <laughs> yep. is a great way to get involved in a without your intellect getting in the way. You know, it's not like the power of witchcraft 101. It's it's very pleasant, very feminine, very beautiful looking wellness witch. And then it's all of these crafty projects that they do have magical intention and you're talking about magic, but it's in a way I think that most people can understand unless they're just totally freaked out by the word witch. Right. If you're not, if you're not, you know, running... Just because the word witch is there, you're going to be fine. (laughs) Yes. There's nothing that, you know, and I don't, I I don't get into like religious aspects or, you know, any, any of that. It's just very like welcoming and straightforward and simple. I like to, I I just opened up the introduction page because I like it. It says the simplest and therefore often the most powerful form of witchcraft is what we do for, or what we do ourselves for ourselves. And what struck me about that is, is you said it was simple and the most powerful. And I think the temptation with something like witchcraft is to complicate things and, and to <laughs> yeah. think that, the, you know, if you like reach back to a 500 year old grimoire that is written in Latin and, and has all of these alchemical illustrations on it that you need to decipher that you're somehow going to access a more powerful version of magic and that can hang you up for many many years and get you it, really it can I'm really attracted to all of that we all <laughs> I'm are. not gonna we lie are. yes 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 no I'm not saying that stuff is not cool it's, it's, it's a place but but I do think that there's power in simplicity and I, I also think there's power in working it out for yourself like Whatever somebody, you know, did ages and ages ago, I think, I think that the, the traditions that have been handed down and the ancestry around that is really important. But I also think that we all have something to offer and you don't have to incorporate all of that. You can just work it out, figure, you know, play, have a good time with it. This is, you know, that's the childlike part of it. Mm-hmm. And we live in different times. The, the witchcraft yes. of 300 years ago was for people that bartered chickens for rent and they had very limited resources and their day was primarily spent surviving and we live in an era of extreme convenience and privilege and access to so many things but at the same time our time at the same time our time is extraordinarily limited so setting up a huge ritual is not (laughs) always conducive to doing magic for a lot of busy moms or just people in general I'm probably not going to have time for you know like a full sacred circle and three hours of meditation beforehand and you know all of this no I I gotta get this done because I gotta make my kids lunch <laughs> but some of these projects, I mean, they're they'd be good weekend projects. It, it, it gives you enough time to really connect with your intention and the magic. And then also you have some cool something to show for it at the end of it. I, I love that there's a tutorial. How, what would you say? Instructions for making a wind chime. I just bought myself wind chimes and I'm so thrilled. I've wanted them forever 
And then I got to that part in your book and I was like, hmm, maybe I should have made my own. <laughs> we had a lot of fun making them. We actually made bells for the door. Then I couldn't stand it because it was loud. <laughs> but I love wind chimes. And I love wind chimes when they're made with found objects or just something that means something to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that stuff feels extra witchy to me too. Like you're on a walk out in nature and you drag home like a piece of wood that you found. <laughs> Maybe you just kind of like keep a little altar to the wind chime that will be at some point until you have everything that you've I think that's what's going on with my altar right now. Right now, it's just sort of a collection of things that I think are cool. Yeah. (laughs) Knowing you, you're going to turn it into a project. I will need to at some point because it's taking over. (laughs) (laughs) So Junior Witchcraft is next. Or what's it called? Sorry, say it again. Junior Witch. Yeah. Junior Witch. I'm very excited about that. I'm so thrilled that you mentioned it here because there's, there's a lot of people, parents, I think, that would love to get that for their kids. I'm I'm very excited about it. I want to, to just kind of give it to all the all the children everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if people want to like follow along with your journey, so they know clearly you're going to have like two more books coming out next year because that <laughs> seems to be the momentum you're on right now. Where can what's what's a good URL to find you? Oh, I'm just at nikkivandicar.com, but I'm not great about that. Um, although you can email me, you know, from there whenever, but you can also find me on Instagram and I'm a, a little more responsible about that. Okay. Yeah. So follow Nikki Vandekar on Instagram. I'll link to both in the show. Thank notes. you. Easy enough. Easy enough. Okay. So final question, what is one tip that you would like to share for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? Oh, golly. Okay. Go outside. Just be outside and, and then make things. (laughs) (laughs) Go outside and make things. You heard it here on Hippie. (laughs) I love it. I I, I mean, it's on brand for you, lady. It totally is. And hope everybody can go check out Wellness Witch. It's again, it's such a good gift to give. It has the ooh ah factor when you first open it up. Yeah, it's very, very pretty. And I think uh, this is something I talk about with crystals. I think that pretty matters. I really oh, do. Yeah. If, if you think something is pretty, if it sparks you in that way, then that that has meaning for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was a lot of fun. It was so fun talking with you. Alrighty, friends, that is the Wellness Witch. Check it out if you're looking to buy some Yule or Christmas or Kwanzaa or Hanukkah presents here at the last minute. It's December, people. It's December 5th. Get moving. Get moving. (laughs) Just kidding. That's a terrible way to end a podcast episode about self-care. You take your sweet time, damn it, and a card is just as good as a present. I will be back here next week with that interview I told you about. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.